RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Barrel on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Valor Hour, episode 73. We are on the air. Got a big recap episode, Valor Fights 51. A lot of action going down this past weekend at Johnson City. Crown a new heavyweight champion. We're also going to talk to the head of M1 Global USA, Angel Natal. Here in just a little bit, he's going to uh, preview the event they've got coming up August the 11th in Nashville. As always, I'm joined by my host, my co-host, Ed Cap. How's it going, Ed? Man, I'm still pumped up from Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It was a good night. And Mark Laws, of course, also joining us tonight. Mark, how's it going? Doing fantastic. How you guys doing? Good, good, good. Appreciate y'all, as always, taking uh, time out of your busy schedules for uh, for a little bit of Valor Hour talk. Uh, before we get into our uh, our interview segment, before our recap, uh, we got a couple of um, of uh, uh, fan submissions for uh, some uh, conversation topics here. Uh, as always, you can shoot those to the Valor Fight social media pages, and Ed Cap will pick out a couple for us to go over. Ed, what what we got today? Yeah, first question. When will we see Chandler Cole defend his heavyweight title? Man, you know, uh, I, I think he came out of that pretty injury-free. I think he wants to get back to it pretty quickly. Um, it'll be interesting to see who kind of lines up next for it. So I, I don't really have an exact time frame, but I, I'm sure he'd like to get something in for the end of the year. Uh, Mark, you predicted a submission in that fight. Were you at all surprised to see the knockout? Heck, yeah. I think everybody's a little shocked by it, but, I mean – Man, he, he he definitely hit hard though. I mean, he's Chandler's always been a pretty talented athlete. He's uh, he let it he got a little heavy there for a little bit, but he's really been working to get back to his, his original fighting weight. And man, he he looked great. He was very dominant. Man, he was swinging wild. <laughs> One of them dudes was going down for sure. Tim, were you surprised to see it ended in the first round? Um, yes and no. I you know. Uh, I, I certainly didn't think that it was impossible for it to end in the first round going into the fight, just knowing you've got two big hitters like that. But then once the fight started and both of those guys landed some really good shots and the other guy just took it. I mean, they didn't even budge or take a step backwards. And at that point, I thought, you know, this isn't going to be out. You know, this is going to go a few rounds. These guys are both have both got the chance to take it and they're going to slug it out for a couple of rounds. So, you know, before the fight, I, I would say I wasn't surprised. But once the fight started, I was a little surprised that it finally did, it did end in the first. What do you think, Mark? Was that Nick Diaz? Uh, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy, man. They were both swinging so hard at each other that that neither guy was even acting like they were getting punched. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, you still see if he was coming forward like that. But, uh, yeah, we saw the aftermath of it, you know. I mean, he was in bad shape, and... Uh, Quite one of the worst concussions of the year, probably. Second question of the night: What did Cole Farrell prove with his first round victory? Man, I think uh, I think he proved that uh, uh, the, the 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 hype is definitely uh, worth looking into. Now, you know, he's he's uh, he's a guy that has um, 
you know, he, he has his fair share of detractors and has taken on uh, less than stellar competition early. But his last two fights, you know, he fought a four and two guy in Kansas, won a title. This time took on Joe Pegg, who's no slouch. You know, Joe Pegg six and five, and has fought a lot of really good guys. And to go in there and and just really dominate and and, and submit him so quickly and with a with a rare submission, I think uh, you know it, it definitely raises his stock even more. Mark, were you impressed by what you saw? Absolutely, man. I mean, he might as well pull a freaking unicorn out of a hat, dude. I mean, Jesus. The chances I asked him this after the fight. I was like, what do you think the odds are that that Cole Farrell ends up with Von Flujo in the first round? It's like there are no odds for that kind of shit. You <laughs> can't. Like, I call it rear naked chug in the second round if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, man, what a statement to be made. You know, he's a, he may be totally legit. Who knows? It's uh, good for him, man. I'm proud of. Him. Can you guys remember a more uh, awe-inspiring post-fight? promo than than what we saw the call on Saturday night. It was pretty awesome. I can't I can't say that anyone sticks out as better. I mean that it, that one doesn't get old. I can watch it right now and still just love it. it it's definitely uh, <laughs> definitely gold. The only thing I could think of was Nate Landwehr's maybe. Yeah, hey. Landwehr's had some good ones. <laughs> uh, what's next for Charlie Alexander? Well, Charlie broke his hand again, so I'm guessing he's gonna. He said he will not require surgery, which is good, um, but he's probably gonna be out about three months or so. So, uh, you know, we'll look and see uh, what Nashville holds. We'll probably get him back in at home, and uh, you know, he'll have to heal up though here for the, the next few months. Mark, are you surprised to see Charlie break his hand again? Well, yeah, super. Uh, I was the one who wrapped his hands. That's the reason I did started wrapping his hands because he kept breaking them. So yeah, I was pretty surprised. But then again, he was swinging leather at, at fools, and I mean that was a great fight too, man. He was just like we kind of had talked about before. You know, Charlie was just too physical for him, and just kind of just put him in the place and and kept him there. It was a great fight. Mark, in your hand, though. Uh, Mark, in your experience, is cut man. Once you break a hand, does it make it that much easier to break it again moving forward? Or, or once you get it repaired, do you think it kind of sets it back to to square one? Well, it, no, you're never back to square one, not when bones are being re-manipulated. It takes a long time for uh, for bones to heal, and especially heal correctly. And um, essentially, he's had, I think, three hand surgeries. I want to say three hand surgeries on both hands. Maybe two, maybe two surgeries on both hands. Any, either way, they're not, they didn't come there in the best uh, shape anyway, but I mean, he hits hard. He's a stud, and uh, you know it's going to happen, especially when there's previous fractures. So um, I feel bad for the guy, but I mean, I can only protect so many. <laughs> I, I did everything I could. No doubt there. Uh, that's everything social media has for us this week, guys. All right, pretty easy, easy bag today. Uh, as always, if you've got any conversation topics you want us to go over, make sure and shoot those over to the Valorified social media, uh, and Ed Cap will uh, pick some out. We'll go over them each week. And that uh, takes care of that, and we'll move on to our interview segment. All right, on the line, we have the head man for M1 Global USA division, Angel Natal. He'll be... Uh, 
putting on the first uh, his first event in the in the rage, if you will, and we'll let him explain that a little bit later. But that's coming up August the 11th in Nashville at the Global Mall. We're going to get to talking about that right now. Angel, we appreciate you taking a few uh, minutes of your time to talk with us. How you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing fine. Great, man. Great. Now, before we get into uh, what you've got coming up here with your event, let's 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 backtrack a couple days because you just came back. Uh, from Russia for uh, for M1, <clears throat> and you had two fighters over there between uh, two guys that we know very well here uh, in Tennessee and in the, the Valor region, Edward Massey and Nate the Train Landwehr. Uh, before we get it, you know, Nate Landwehr was in the main event fighting for the for the world championship there at 145, but before we get to that, uh, Ed Massey had a huge head kick knockout in just seconds into his fight against a tough guy. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Incredible. That was a beautiful knockout by Edward Massey, uh, 15 or 18 seconds, I believe. Uh, it was just beautiful. I mean, Edward Massey uh, is a strong young man, has fought for battle fights on many occasions. Uh, uh, people did count Edward Massey out, and uh, Edward Massey shocked the world. I believe that this kid uh, will have knockout the year so far. Ed is the guy, like you said, we're very familiar with. He's fought for Valor several times, always puts on a good show. And and he's a guy that I've talked about in the past that has really become a different fighter since he turned pro. He's a guy that I don't mind saying as an amateur, I wasn't real, real high on him. You know, he, he sometimes he sometimes he fought good. Sometimes he didn't fight so great, you know, but since he turned pro, it's like a whole different guy. He's just really evolved. Uh, yeah, you know, this, so, so this, this, kid, this kid is very hungry. He's very hungry now. Uh, he knows that he has opportunity of his life. Uh, I believe that he's in the right way now. He's at 135. He should have been fighting all his fights at 135. Uh, this kid is a slim young man, very hungry. He's uh, real good with his hands and legs. Uh, I think he will do very well uh, in the uh, N1 Global. Uh, for future fights, uh, he's he'll be back in M1 Global very soon, probably seven to nine weeks. He'll be fighting back again. Uh, the people in Russia did love Edward Massey, and uh, that was an outstanding knockout. He uh, he worked that guy out and sucked it up with the left kick. I mean, that was beautiful. I mean, something to remember forever. Yeah, no doubt that has to be a, a very exciting time for him. And, and I guess you just answered my next question, which is going to be, you know, a performance like that surely impressed the brass at M1 to get another shot over there. And you essentially just answered that. He will have another chance. Absolutely. Edward Massey got a, a, I got him a contract for four fights with the M1 Global. So uh, I think Edward Massey, uh, with that performance, he will remain in M1 Global for a long time. And, and I'm very happy for this young man, you know, uh, 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 this, this, this is what we want to do with all these fighters from, uh, I spoke to team Lloyd, uh, uh, from all over the Tennessee around, around the states. We want to give them the opportunity. That's what anyone grower is here for, to create opportunity for these young fighters, for these hungry fighters that can make it to the next level because N1 global is the next level. And now they are associated with the USC. I mean, you can get no better than this. And I'm, and I'm glad to be a Tennessean. So I can reach out to a lot of Tennessean fighters and a lot of te- and the Tennessean promoters like team and uh, and I hope I can work something out with B three as well because uh, uh, I'm here to create opportunity for for this community. 
Well, I believe that Tennessee probably have the best fighters around the area. I mean, I hope the other uh, states don't get mad at me, but I mean, Tennessee is so much talent here. It's not funny. Now, you know, we, another guy that is another guy that has taken full advantage of these opportunities is Nate the Train Landwehr, who has made several trips over already to fight for M1 and has really, you know, risen up the rankings uh, for them and got a title fight finally this past weekend. There was a little bit of drama involved. Uh, obviously, Nate had a dominant performance, gets a stoppage, but uh, there was a, a little bit of a circus, if you will, with the weight. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, we, we went over there to fight a home hometown hero, an outstanding young man. You know, he's a, he's a true warrior, far as I'm concerned. You know, he he, he done what it takes. He he done every, anything that he have to do to win. You know, and unfortunately, Nate was more prepared, more stronger, and performed the way that I expected him to perform. Yes, Nate's been there for three times. Uh, Nate Langwell is uh, have put a hell of a job. In Russia, uh, in three occasions, uh, fight Mikael, the first fight in Kazan, knock him out in the second round. Uh, second fight, second fight, we fight in Moscow, we fight against Victor, tremendous striker. We went to a three round decision, and the third fight, he fought for the world title. I mean, this is incredible. This young man went over there and performed the way he's supposed to do. Uh, he was hungry. The people of Russia know that he was hungry. Besides, Ney is a real show. Ney is a uh, fast, not because I'm his trainer or Edward Massey. I think uh, uh, Ney Langwell is one of the best 145s in, uh, in the world. Uh, yes, he went high in the ranking now. He's ranking, I believe, uh, number 11 in Russia. Uh, the, uh, Russia is one of the largest uh, uh, countries in the world, you know, have a lot of fighters, and a lot of great fighters. And he's ranked, uh, I believe, number seven now in the nation in the United States. Uh, you cannot go by ranking, but I mean, Nate performed like true champion. I think uh, Nate will remain and be reigning champion for a long, long time. Uh, I believe after this defending on the first title defense, he will go to the USC right away because uh, any fighter in the N1 Global they have a, ch- a championship belt um, and defend the title successful one or two times will automatically get a contract with the USC. And uh, you will see USC fighters fighting in N1 Global and N1 Global fighters fighting in the USC. So I, I, I'm looking forward to, 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 to create opportunity for, for fighters, uh, uh, for promoters, uh, uh, because not, this is not just about Angel Fights promotion or one Global. This is about promoters get together and put a great show and, 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 and have use all the talent that we can use in Tennessee. And, and, and I'm very happy. I'm very thrilled with this situation. Cannot come in better time. So, you know, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit. Now you've got you know, the biggest show uh, you know, of your career and a huge, a huge uh, event for the state of Tennessee coming up August the 11th the M1 Global USA event at the Global Mall in Nashville, Tennessee. This is a stack lineup. I uh, haven't seen a lot of the amateur card yet, but I've seen uh, the pro card, and it is very solid. Just absolutely some of the top names that you could uh, imagine, uh, essentially on the east, on the eastern side of the United States, mixed in with some uh, international talent as well. Uh, talk a little bit about that card. Talk a little bit about the main event. I, th- I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's Doug Usher taking on Reggie Pena, which is – 
two studs. Uh, Doug Usher, a guy that has fought for Valor several times. Reggie Pena, a guy I'm familiar with through the XFC. So uh, I know that that is going to be a barn burner of a fight. Talk a little bit about that and some of the other fights that we should keep an eye out for. Well, the main and main is going to be something spectacular. They're, both of these kids are hungry. Uh, and uh, uh, these kids doesn't have, I mean, they're still kids. They are 35 apiece. Uh, 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 these kids are ready uh, to go to the next level. Both of these kids should already be in the next level. Um, whoever wins this fight will have a contract with N1 Global. Uh, they both are punchers. They both have what it takes to dominate each other. Uh, I, uh, I believe that the winner will be the one that prepares himself better for this event. And like I said, they both are hungry. They have plenty of time to prepare themselves. Uh, this, this, this thing is being made for over 90 days. So, I mean, they, 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 they have a solid camp. I've been speaking to uh, every single fighter in the main car and on the, on the car. Everybody's healthy and, and ready to go. Uh, the Coleman event is a spectacular as well. We have a Russian fighter, Vadim Ogar. He's 9-3, solid, solid samba, and a great striker. He will fight against uh, Izquierdo, Yolandis Izquierdo. Yolandis Izquierdo is a fighter coming from the UFC, very tough, have brutal, brutal knockouts, about kicks to the head. I mean, it, it's going to be something spectacular. And, and, and we have other fighters like uh, Tony Gravely from Virginia. He's ranking in the top three in the nation at 135. He's fighting another spectacular young man, uh, Bruno Ferreira from Brazil. This young man in 2012, he was one of the best fighters, 135 in the world. He was signed by several promotions, organizations, I believe, uh, uh, Legacy, RFA, and, and, and the USC was interested in this young, young man, but unfortunately, he got a little bit sick, and uh, he had to abandon the, uh, the MMA life for five to six years. Now he's coming back, and he's coming back, and he could have taken somebody less experienced than Tony Grady because Tony Grady is no, he's no, he's no, he's no, he's no, he's no pushover. This guy is ranking in the top three, top five in the nation. Uh, have dominated Keith Richardson and dominated a lot of other fighters at 135. I mean, it's going to be something spectacular. I'm looking forward to one of those two young men also go to N1 Global to fight in the challenge because uh, uh, this is about performance, and uh, whoever performs better, they're the one that's going to get the contracts. Uh, the matchmaker, one of the best matchmakers of Utah, is Stan. Uh, from M1 Global, we present will be present at the event, taking notes, and of course, I will recommend some fighters because I want to see a lot of young fighters. They, uh, for whatever reason, big promotion has passed. Uh, uh, you know, because I mean, we do have so much talent here. Nate the Train is 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 a is a witness of that. Adam Prime Time Thousand is a witness of that. Those kids who already been. In the USC, you know, I mean, uh, did take a long time for all the extraordinary young men, Luke Sanders, that he's already in the USC, and also he's going to be a commentator with Sean Willux uh, uh, at this event in August 11. So it's going to be one one hell of a car, and I'm I'm so excited, I'm thrilled, and uh, and I have the support of of, of Battle Fight 
uh, around Tennessee. That's very important when you can work with other promoters. Because, like I said, this is not just me. This is not my show. This is a people's show. You know, that's what we, we want to make happen. And, and, and like I say, I want to create opportunity for professional fighters, for amateur fighters. Uh, I have the doors open to go and fight in China. I have the uh, door open to go and fight in South Africa, uh, also in Spain, Puerto Rico. So I would like to take a lot of, a lot of amateurs and professional fights fighters to get this experience because this is beautiful to go out of the country and fight. You feel something different, especially, you know, when you go out overseas and you have the fans claim for you. I mean, like Edward Matthews just came from, 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 from Russia. I mean, this kid uh, made so many fans, made the train, you know, people just line up just to take pictures with these kids. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. You know, that's a, that, this is a, a, a moment that these kids would never forget. And, and I was a witness. I've been a witness of these situations in the past and, and present. And, uh, and it is real pretty to take these kids to, 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 to perform. And the way that they come in, how they perform. I mean, two extraordinary fights for Tennessee. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and I'm happy to say that I'm this kid's coach uh, for a while. And, uh, and uh, Edward Mancia, 135, is, 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 uh, is danger. And Nader's ring, I don't have to tell you, he's the world champion. So uh, it's great. It's great. Very, very exciting to hear, man. And I got to say, uh, you know, we spoke to the one of the coaches of the amateur uh, UMAP team, Bubby Mitchell, last week. And and he, I'm sure you can attest, when you, when you take uh, American fighters overseas, there's a bit of a mystique about it. Everybody's wanting that, you know, the Americans are, uh, they, they stick out. They, 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 there's a, like I said, there's a mystique about them, uh, that the, uh, the other countries are, are kind of in awe of. So for those guys to kind of be able to experience that, I think is a really cool thing. It, it, it is wonderful. It's wonderful to take these kids, you know, especially amateurs. Cause I mean, they're the future. They're the superstars. They're the one they're going to make a big name very soon. And, 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 and pros too, you know what I mean? And the pro level is different because uh, everybody at this league is in the same level. You know, this is, this is the big leagues. You know, I mean, any fighter at this level is capable to win the fight, to win the night. And, 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 and these guys get paid very well. The N1 Global paid very well to these kids. Uh, 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 the USC, I don't even have to tell you guys. And now that we are associated with the USC, we know we're going we're gonna to create a lot of opportunity. We will see... Uh, the Luke Sanders, we will see the uh, Dustin Ortiz, the Scott Hoffman, we will see the Nate Langwell, and uh, I want to say we want to ma- bring to the mess Adam Prime Time Thousand, one of the most uh, 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 very have a lot of charisma, yeah, very yeah. excited fighter. You know, I mean, this Tennessee has so many great fighters, and 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 I would like to see all these guys in Nashville fighting in the same car. I mean, that would be super super huge i mean huge people will come and another thing we are very excited to have females in the car you know because uh, uh females come to fight uh we have a lot of great females here in tennessee uh we will bring more females from out the country if it's necessary uh because uh we want to be in the, in the mess with the females you know uh, uh like i said before one global is here to create opportunities i'm glad that i have worked I'm working around a great group of people. They, 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 they really want to 
made this thing happen because, like I say, uh, this is everybody's show. I want to bring the world championship for amateurs to Tennessee, and I cannot do this by myself. I cannot do this by myself. I, I need people like you. I need people that, 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 that make things happen. Because, I mean, one person is not enough because this is a big challenge. And, uh, and, and, and my goal is to make Tennessee the capital of mixed martial arts. And, 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 and we're going to make this happen. I believe with the, the right group of people, we're going to make this happen. We, we, we have the support from the, from the, from the homeland uh, promotion. Uh, they give me the green light. And, and I have the support of these promoters here. Uh, Ting has been very helpful for me. You know, uh, uh, I call him when I was in Russia. I say, listen, Tim, I, I, need, a, I need a five. Boom. I'll call you right back. I mean, you know. And less and less and, and less than five minutes, he, he got me the fight that I want to have, you know. And unfortunately, you know, uh, uh, the other kid that he was supposed to replace got everything taken care. Of. But absolutely, I will use that young man in the next car, just because he want to step to the play right away. Right. And 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 and, 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 and you, you got to appreciate these things, you know. Uh, we have uh, tremendous, tremendous uh, ring announcer, tremendous uh, 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 cop men. Tremendous uh, commentators. Uh, I mean, we, I think we're going to have a very exciting night. It's a night that uh, people in Tennessee will not forget because uh, uh, we, we, we're here to perform for people in Tennessee. Well, tell us how we can, how, you know, all the people out there, we're going to be talking a lot more about this M1 show in the weeks to come. I'd like to have several of your fighters on that card come on and we'll talk that, talk about their fights. But, you know, tell the fans and the listeners out there how they can uh, – how can they get tickets? How can you know? How can they check this thing out? Well, and, I mean, you know, I know it's going to be on pay per view as well. Give all those details. Well, yes, uh, we, we're going to have the event in pay per view. It's going to be watched all over the world. Uh, outside United States, you'll be able they will be able to watch it through N One Global TV. Uh, that will be in Russia, where uh, the promotion have almost a half a million followers in Germany, in uh, uh, France, Spain, all over the Europe you'll be able to watch it. In the United States, of course, we have the auction of pay-per-view, 1999. You have to look, look for your local channels, DirecTV, to find it. Very, very, very less, very cheap, because we want to prove that we put a good show and everybody can afford it. And uh, we, uh, you can get the tickets at the door. Uh, general admission is $40. I mean, we're making this the less expenses that we can so we can have a massive of people. We want the people of Tennessee to get a good show when they can afford it. And also we have uh, VIP tickets. Uh, there are not that many left VIP tickets, but uh, you can get those tickets online as well, or you can get the ticket from you, Fable Fighter. Uh, those guys will get credit for what they sell, so you, know, you, you can get it through them. Um, I'm very excited, you know. You just don't know how happy I am that I've been able, capable to, to to get this thing done. It's a uh, was a challenge. That's the reason it's called the challenge. <laughs> well, I think that the fighters <laughs> should definitely be grateful that uh, that they've got you out there working hard to give these uh, these opportunities, which could blossom into even bigger opportunities uh, internationally or even with UFC. So 
you know, props to you, Angel. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think we'll have you back on. You know, uh, we generally will do a, our, our picks panel before uh, big events. So we'll plan on making a picks panel for for your show. And the Wednesday before uh, your event, we'll, we'll run down the whole card. And maybe we'll have you on here and you can kind of help us uh, break down the fights. And then I'll have a panel of uh, guests and we'll, we'll, we'll make our uh, preview or make our predictions. That'll be fun. That would be perfect. Uh, thank you very much for having me aboard. Uh, it's an honor just to be part of your group for today. Uh, uh, thank you very much. And yes, absolutely, you can have any fighter that you wish to have. Uh, those fighters will be super happy just to be in your show. Uh, 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 and uh, sure, I hope I see you guys at the event because uh, it's going to be something to 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 to, to remember. And I, and I thank you everything that you guys do for this. This is an amazing sport. You know, something the uh, the UMass and the uh, the president of the N1 Global Badin working very hard to have amateurs in the Olympics. We are working very hard hard to have MMA in the Olympics very hard very soon. So so that's something incredible. The UMass is doing a tremendous job around the world, not just here in Tennessee. Uh, you know, uh, the director, the, the original director, uh, Brown, and all these guys here in Tennessee, they're doing a tremendous job. And uh, we have to support those that, want to, that they are supporting this sport and they want to take these kids to the next level. Because uh, UMass is a great, uh, it's a great association all over the world. I, I spoke with the, uh, uh, I speak with the, uh, with the president of the world, Kendrick Brown good friend of mine from UMass, uh, 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 and he's very excited. I told him, man, let's make this happen in Tennessee. I think Tennessee is the place to be, and he told me uh, that we're going to do, or he's going to do his best to make it happen. So I'm looking forward to have this in Tennessee, and I'm working very hard. That's the reason I need everybody's support, and I use not just one promotion. We're going to use every single promotion fighters because these promotions, I mean, you, you, you got – you got matchmakers, you, you, you got promoters, uh, like team, you have promotions like, like, like B3, you know, they, they can help, they can bring those fighters up there, because this is not for one promotion. Every single promotion here is very important. Every fighter is very important. Every social media is very important to get this accomplishment. One person will not be able to do it. And I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I just come in from tremendous $2 in Russia, you know, it's a dream come true for a coach to have a world champion in his side, you know. And I'm happy for the train. This kid's been working very hard. Edward Massey and many other kids will go to Russia very soon. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that these kids get the opportunity they deserve. Once again, this has been the head of M1 Global USA and the coach of new world champion Nathan Train Landwehr, Angel Natal. He's got a huge event coming up August the 11th in Nashville, Tennessee. Make sure you check it out. We're going to be talking a lot more about that event as we get closer and closer to August 11th. Once again, Angel, thanks for the time. Thank you very much for having me aboard, my friend. All right, that takes us into our main segment here this evening on the Valor Hour, episode 73. It is the Valor Fights 51 recap. It was an epic night of fights at D3 Sports in Johnson City. Had uh, really some, we had some brutal finishes. Had a lot of submissions. We had uh, some some wars, man, and uh, we'll, we'll dive into it. Ed, you want to kind of set us up with the, with the first one? 
Yeah, first fight of the night saw uh, Tanner Perry take home a decision victory over RJ Snyder. Tim, what, what were your thoughts on this first fight? Well, um, Snyder showed he, that he was really game. I mean, he came forward the whole time, and he was tough. I don't think he was ever dropped, to tell you the truth. But, you know, he got his nose busted up pretty good. It was giving up some length to uh, Perry, uh, if I can remember. And Perry was real composed. There was a lot of headgear issues with Snyder, and that kind of threw the, the, the flow of the fight off early. But uh, ultimately, Perry just a little too skilled, a little too long. Um, you know, Snyder, I think, should stick with it. That He's one of those Mountain City boys up there that he's tough. You know, he doesn't back down. It was the first time I've seen him. And he's a young buck. I'd, I'd like to see him back. And, uh, of course, Tanner Perry uh, look great. You know, we'll, we'll see. I think he'll, he'll probably go back to doing MMA more, more likely, if I had to guess. Mark, are you excited to see both these guys back in the Valley Price cage? Soon? Yeah. Nobody nobody lost any stock in that fight. It was a, it was really good for especially a prelim fight. I was pretty excited about Tanner Perry, man. Uh, he's he's been a stud and I, I'm looking forward to him coming back to MMA. Uh second fight of the night. So Mike Sant improved to two and oh over Bud Cook, who fell to 0 and five, twenty two second uh ground and pound TKO victory last week. Everyone picked Sant to win by submission. But, uh, yeah, didn't quite get to that. Tim, what did you take away from this, this fight, all of 22 seconds of it? It's a funny thing, though, because, honestly, what happened was Bud, it, during the take, when, when Sant was taking Bud down, there Bud twisted in such a way that I think that he, he maybe, like, tore some cartilage in his ribs. Mark can speak on this better than me. But Bud technically tapped. Um, it looked at the time. It looked like a maybe a stoppage. Just I mean, it it was on its way to being a stoppage from strikes. But technically, Bud tapped. Mark was is that what is that was that kind of what you gathered? Well, I think in what caused the uh, referee stoppage was he 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 verbally tapped. He screamed uh, mm-hmm. quite loudly because his costochondral joint popped out of his rib cage, where your rib cage attaches to your sternum. And it's a super painful injury. You might remember Adam Townsend had the exact same injury about a year and a half ago from training out in Colorado. But I, hell, I've even had it. It sucks, man. <laughs> you can't breathe. You can't talk. Much less get punched in the belly. Uh, it sucks. So I, I guess the uh, the panel was right then. Submission? Should we chalk it down to, to submission and send a note to Tapology to, to update that? Well, um, I guess technically um... – I think so. I think that's what happened. I mean, I know that's what happened. That's what uh, happened. Yeah, that's, that's definitely what happened. So, yeah, I guess we yeah, make a note of that. And uh, as for the the, the uh, participants, if you will, you know, hopefully Bud uh, gets back on the track. It's a tough loss for him. He's 0-5 now. Um, but I do think he's found the right weight class because he wasn't just completely outsized in this one at 145. Mike Sant, you know, did, did what he was supposed to do. He took advantage of this situation and got him out of there quick. I'd like to see him step up just a hair next time. And, uh, you know, and again, it was great working with uh, with him and uh, absolute jujitsu D. Smith. It's been a while since we've had them on an event, so it was nice to have them back. Uh, after that, welterweight division, Joe Bluher waits till 10 seconds left on the clock to submit. Robert Olin improves to 1-1. One one. Uh, Olin drops to 0-3. Tim, uh, what can you take away from that fight? 
it was pretty wacky fight, man. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was pretty wild. Uh, it was uh, there's a lot of like weird stalemates on the ground. They got in a weird position in a odd crucifix moment in a neck crank in the first round that was like two minutes where they were just in this weird position. Um, I had it probably two rounds to nothing, Robbie Olin going into the third. And then Joe Booer attacks an arm bar and gets a tap out with like 10 seconds to go in the third round with a come from like if he'd gone to the judges, he was going to lose a decision, but gets a submission with like 10 seconds to go props to him for, for staying at it. It was hot in there. Everybody was really sweaty, you know? And so it was hard to, to, to get these submissions and hold them props to him for, 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 you know, weathering two rounds where he was most likely losing and, and showing that anything can happen still, you know, in 10 seconds in the round, he gets a submission Robbie Olin was big mad, but, um, you know, uh, he still didn't have a bad accounting for himself. Uh, Mark, you predicted Buher would take home the submission victory. Were you getting nervous uh, as the clock ticked down in the third round? Still no submission? No, man, I'm a fucking professional, bro. <laughs> of course I wasn't worried. That's what that fucking guy does. You know, I'm, I'm more upset that he doesn't use his hands more, but I get it. He's a jiu-jitsu coach. More, my more upsetting part about the whole thing is I, I felt like most, I think it was the second round where he had him in, he had him mounted, and but still was holding on to that kind of half-assed neck crank, which, by the way, is illegal in the state of Tennessee uh, for amateurs, but uh, held it for a good while. Uh, it's just the same thing as a can opener position, essentially. So, you know, eh, it happens. You know, you drive when you're fighting. I, I've, I've seen a lot worse. I just don't think anybody really knew what to do. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's exactly where I was going with that. It was, just, it was like stalemate after stalemate. And I was like, somebody's got to make a call here, guys. Somebody's got to yeah. start kicking somebody's ass or <laughs> do something. This is ridiculous. Uh, in the lightweight division, Rodrigo Gonzalez improved to 7-6 and six with a second-round TKO victory over Paul Ochino, who fell to 1-5. and five. Tim, what did you take away from this 155-pound scrap? Uh, you know, uh, it was good to see Rodrigo back in the win column. He hadn't won in MMA in several years, or not several, but a few years. Uh, but, um, you know, so he, he gets his record above 500. Ochino, he, he put up a game five. Man, Ochino's a, a weird anomaly because – like he, he's got a lot of natural ability. Honestly, if he if he could get in a good training situation, he actually has a decent amount of potential. He's you know a strapping young lad at the weight, and uh, you know he's got a little bit of karate background. But um, you know he was in this fight. I honestly expected them to kind of stand and bang. I don't know that I recall seeing Ochino shoot for a takedown ever, but like that was what he was going for in this one, and he was getting them. <laughs> but. Uh, then once he would get him, he would he couldn't he couldn't hold his position. Rodrigo would end up you know on top and uh, ended up uh, man. I want to say I want to say they stopped that one with just like two seconds to go in the round. But Rodrigo was definitely was definitely winning. I think he was on his way to a decision. Otherwise, Mark, what was the big factor in this fight? Do you think? You know, I've been training with Rodrigo, and uh, you know, pretty much daily, I'm watching him and. He- he, he's telling me his game plan, and I'm like, okay, but and it's it's wrestling him down to strength, limited death, you know. Cause, I mean, it's known pretty much that uh, that Paul doesn't have the strongest ground game, but neither does Rodrigo. I mean, he's he's pretty he's rudimentary on the ground, but he he can do more if he put his mind to it. 
But every day I'm in there, and he's just kickboxing fools, kickboxing, kickboxing. I'm like, well, if you're playing on wrestling that's got a death, you're not going about it really the right way. And, uh, man, he proved me wrong, and I'm so happy for him, man. I could not be happier for him. I mean, to get that 7-6 and six record now, I mean, that's that's huge for him, and that's going to be uh, – I hope that's a big motivator for him, and I'm, I'm happy to see him do well in MMA again. Tim, does that make you happy when you see a guy get back in the win column after being out of it for so long? Yeah, it does. We've had a few guys like that. In fact, that was kind of the, the, you know, he was originally supposed to face Chase Winder, and that's a that's that exact kind of situation. Chase Winder, you know, was on the bad end of a knockout of the year from Tyler Edwards a couple years back and was gone and came back, and so it was good to see him be successful when returning. Uh, first heavyweight, first of two heavyweight fights tonight, Charles Philpott improved to three and one with a first round submission victory over Cal Gill, who's now one and one. Uh, this is Billy Swanson's uh, teammate. Tim, do we have another hot heavyweight prospect on our hands with Charles Philpott? It's hard to say. I mean, Philpott's got a lot of potential, and um, I don't. The main thing is him staying steady, steadily active. He'll, he will, he only fights like one time a year, you know, so maybe two. So he would really need to be able to string a little bit of uh, steady activity together, I think, before we said we had a contender, but. At the same time, you know, he uh, he looked great in this one for sure. You know, uh, he, he it was pretty one sided, honestly. Uh, he had he took Cal down, you know, without too much difficulty. I want to say Cal managed to get up once, but then he got him back down. <clears throat> you know, worked over some soft ground and pound enough to uh, to to finally be able to open up a, a submission, and um, he looked good. He looked really good, and uh, and Cal Gill is a tough guy out of a good team at KMA. Uh, just didn't have uh, the ability to deal with uh, the heavy top pressure and the wrestling uh, uh, just yet. Mark, you had uh, Phil Putt winning by decision. How impressed were you by his first-round submission victory? Well, I, I knew it was either going to end my submission or decision. I mean, there was no question. I mean, somebody said Phil Putt was going to knock that kid out. I'm like, you are that guy's built like a T-Rex, right? Like, his arms are fucking three inches long. And built like a square. What are you going to pull on that guy? Like, what are you talking about? He's going to strangle you to death, more than likely. And that's what you're saying. I mean, he's, he's a savage. Now, given, take this into account. This kid's in nursing school right now. I can attest to it. I've been to nursing school. And it sucks. And I can't even imagine going through fight camp in the middle of it. So, props to Charles Philpott, man. Tough son of a bitch. Uh, up next, Ned Spear. Uh, up next, 100. Sorry, this this fight is at 127 pounds. Should I say flyweight fight, Tim? Yeah, it was flyweight. <laughs> 125. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Uh, next up, Ned Spears, 47 years old, beat Logan Wolf. Uh, second round submission, triangle choke. Ned improves to three and two. Logan falls to two and one. Tim was. Uh, w- what was the biggest factor in this fight for Ned Spears getting the victory? <sighs> I'd say experience, honestly. You know, he fought really well. He fought He fought about the best I've seen him fight. Logan Wolf didn't fight badly uh, and had and had a great first round. Uh, he almost had Ned in a deep triangle himself um, and wasn't able to finish it. And, again, that Ned's salty, man. Ned's been around for a long time, got a lot of experience, fighting a lot of tough guys. Um, second round – um, there, there was some exchanges. Uh, Ned uh, at one point, Ned clipped him and hurt him, 
And at that point, he, you know, he's able to flurry on him, land uh, several uh, strikes. They went back to the ground, and this time uh, Ned uh, was able to was able to to get the submission himself with the same triangle that uh, Logan Wolf was trying to pull off in the first. So uh, I don't think Logan loses any stock in this. He's a, he is still a good young prospect at a KMA. He was really close to finishing the fight, uh, but more than anything, it's props to Ned Spears, who you know at 47 years young uh, used that that while that 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 that. Uh, He's a vet, you know. He's got those tricks, and uh, that's kind of what that was kind of the story going in. Was there anything else to it, Mark, or, or is it that simple? Man, Ned Spears look good, man. I I hope I can do half that shit when I'm his age. You know, it's 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 wild. We were talking about that before the fight, and he's uh he was really confident going in, and uh, I thought he was doomed. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but uh, man, he pulled it out, and it, it was so weird because I thought for sure that that the triangle was locked in the first round. I mean, I thought that was it. And then for him to pull it out with another triangle, that's, it was, it was awesome, man. Good for Ned Spears. Uh, final amateur MMA boat of the night, two top prospects. Well, we'll see top prospects, 185 pounds. Logan Dean comes in the hostile territory to take out Caleb Frank, third round arm triangle submission. Tim, I, I know you had pretty high hopes for Caleb Frank in this fight. What happened? Man, um, you know, Caleb came in overweight, and I think the story was that Caleb just didn't really train up to his up to the level that needed to be trained for in this fight. Uh, even though Logan Dean was an independent coming in, there was no secret that Logan Dean was a very highly decorated wrestler, including wrestling at the D1 level, multiple-time state champion uh, in high school. So even though he wasn't really attached to, like, a an MMA gym per se, there was no secret that he was going to have his hands full in the wrestling department. So I think that ultimately, uh, just from, you know, I don't live up there. I don't know from the, from what I've heard, uh, he just honestly, and I'd say he would admit it himself. He may have already admitted it in the social media post. He didn't put the work in, you know, and, and Logan Dean freaking did. I mean, that was one of the most impressive debuts from an amateur I've ever seen in my life. And Logan Dean's the real deal. And that's a guy that he gets with, with a with a good gym, then he is going to be a professional level very quickly. Uh, Mark, I see that you predicted Caleb Frank to win via uh, TKO. Did that prediction at all change when he missed weight? Yeah, once I got the whole back story about that his car broke down, he hadn't been to the gym in a few weeks from what I understood. And, uh, I mean, this guy's a physical specimen, guys. I don't know if y'all saw that on Flow Combat or not, but this guy's pretty put together physically. However, man, preparation is, is, is worth a pound of everything. <laughs> it's, uh, man, you got to get in the gym. You got to put them top, that time in. And he, he just wasn't, wasn't putting it in. And shit. Yeah, you reap what you sow, man. Picks panel went 0 and 5 in that fight. So, as per tradition, we're going to try to get Logan Dean on the air next week. Yeah. <laughs> and see what he has. Hey, he's worth talking to too. I mean, that kid's that kid's got a brand. that like not to diminish Caleb Frank's prospect status, but Logan Dean came in and just kind of took it because that's that's who I that in my opinion is is like the next top one eighty five. The only female bout of the night saw uh, uh, Amber Moore take out Christina Ricker decision. Tim, did you have higher hopes for Ricker in this fight? I had high hopes for both. I knew it was going to be a good action fight, and it was. I think that uh, 
you know, KMA is an MMA, that's an MMA academy, you know. They are elite at MMA. Um, they, uh, you know, Eric and, uh, and company, they do me a little bit of a favor, uh, stepping up and doing tie here against, you know, what they generally practice. So thank you to them. And, and Ricker still had a good showing. Um, ultimately, Julia Moore is training with a, with a camp that is more um, in tune to tie fights, you know. So, and she's a good MMA uh, prospect as well. But Julia fought really well. I mean, I mean she comes, it happened uh, like I, I kind of thought, you know, both both ladies were coming forward and throwing in the middle, but a lot of the times Ricker would kind of duck her head in as if, you know, just instinct almost to go for takedowns and clinch up in that, in that way. And so um, that, that opened her up to a lot of lead shots, you know. Mark, you were the only one on the panel who picked more. How satisfying is that? And by decision, no less. You have no idea, bro. <laughs> it's, uh, ironically, this is the only fight of the night that I missed. I was back uh, in the locker room wrapping hands, actually. And, um, yeah, uh, I was happy when I heard the decision. But, I mean, I like Christina Ricker. I like both of them. I, mean, I wish they both could win, man. Uh, ultimately, it's uh, that's what it comes down to, man. You know, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. One of the fights that I think most fans are excited about, Adam Primetime Townsend returning to Tennessee for the first time in a long time, uh, winning via knockout. Tim, what, how cool was it to see Adam Townsend back in the Valor Fights cage? It was awesome. It was really it was really cool. You know, it's been a long time, and uh, we were we were honored to have him back. He had a great turnout there. They were continued to see people. They were excited to see him. crowd was hot. Uh, fought Justin Hatcher, who's tough, who knew he was in a, in a in an uphill battle coming into into the lines then, if you will. But uh, you know he stood tough in there as long as he could, and uh, ultimately uh, Adam just you know two seasoned overall uh, really uh, nailed some 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 fun stuff, a lot of good combos, and uh, it was a good showing. Uh, Mark, how did you feel getting to see uh, Primetime do what he does best in the Valorant Kitchen? Yeah, I mean, everybody thinks Adam's a wrestler, grinder kind of guy because, I mean, he's just naturally strong. But, man, his striking has always impressed the shit out of me. He's a tough, tough dude to go against, man. And, Jesus, I mean, I knew he was in deep, but Adam hit him with some nasty stuff, man. It was uh, from a flying knees. Um, you know, I thought it was stopped a little prematurely for a, for a pro uh, Muay Thai bout. But, you know. I ain't in there doing that. I'm not going to criticize anybody else's work, but uh, ultimately, uh, I'd like to see somebody drop or be KO'd, but it was coming. It was definitely coming. Tim, how optimistic are you that we're going to see Adam Townsend back in the in our cage soon? Uh, you know, obviously, his number one uh, priority is with ACB, where he's moving up the ladder there with to, 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 towards championship uh contendership so you know that's his number one priority so i don't really know but i would certainly obviously be open to it whenever he's got another little lull and he'd like to get back in there uh fight we talked about earlier on the broadcast cole Mer- cole farrell sorry improved to six no with a 58 second victory submission over his toughest most experienced opponent yet joe peg who calls the six and six uh jim what did you take away from this fight, even though it lasted a little bit less than a minute? Man, it was uh, it was really cold, just in a in a whirlwind. He he ran across the cage, landed a big shot, and immediately hurt Joe. Turn, uh, pushed him into the cage, got the takedown, 
next thing I know, I turn around to, to talk to somebody and look back, and he's Von Flute, the guy. So, I mean, he's not in there uh, getting paid by the minute. And he was, uh, man, he was on fire afterward. If you haven't seen that post-fight promo, go watch it. It's worth it. <laughs> Mark, who would you like to see Cole fight next? Man, that's tough. It, it, I think it depends on who Cole wants to face next. You know, uh, that's my girlfriend's favorite fighter now. You know, she uh, she was super impressed. She met him before the fight, and uh, man, he delivered. And uh, <laughs> there's just not like we talked about earlier on the show. You know, there's just no way you could predict that finish to that fight. I mean, I I could be prouder for it, but. Uh, as far as next part, shoot, I'd like to see him take on somebody like uh, a Charlie Alexander, somebody, uh, somebody physical, somebody got some strikes, somebody going to stand with him. Tim, can you give These us any hands? Hint? Ain't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you telling? <laughs> Tim, uh, how, how soon would you like to see Cole back in our cage? Oh, soon, man. Uh, you know, just as soon as as soon as we can, as soon as we can make something happen. You know, I, I'd say it'll be before the end of the year. Uh, Coleman event of the night. Another fight that we talked about earlier on. Charlie Alexander uh, improves to three and one. The hard-earned unanimous decision victory over hometown fighter Keith Olsen, who's now one and one. Uh, Tim, what did you take away from this fight? Charlie uh, had a great performance, you know. He was uh, he proved to be the, just a stronger, more physical guy. One thing is, I I I thought that Keith would have pressed harder to get the fight to the ground. He didn't really ever. Uh, now, don't quote me on this for sure, but I don't know that Keith ever really shot uh, uh, tried for any takedowns. I want I want to say he kept it standing the whole time, and the and the striking was close. Both guys had their moments. But, you know, essentially, like, perfectly at the midway point of every round, Charlie would hit a takedown, and then he'd seal the deal on top. He just couldn't get anything going from the bottom. Again, like I said, it was really hot. The guys were slippery. Charlie's got great top control. He's heavy. And, uh, you know, he was able to just kind of grind away on him and, and, and take those rounds. When he wanted those takedowns, he was getting them. Mark, when was it in the fight that he broke his hand, Charlie? Man, I... I thought I saw it late in the in the third or sorry late in the second because in between the second and third round he was complaining about it and he thought he had caught him with an open open hand fist coming with an overhand right that caught him kind of square on the top of the head and uh, post fight uh, evaluation looked to be about that exact tall. Is when it happened I started shaking out a couple of times and I was. Because when Charlie fights, I mean, that's all, all I see is hands. You know what I mean? I, I'm very aware of it. And, uh, yeah, that's what jumped out at me. Tim, does this victory set up a fight between Charlie Alexander and Robert Hale at some point in the future in the Valor Fights cage? You never know. That'd be fire. That'd be fire for sure. You know, there's Robert's got, you know, bigger and better fish to fry, it sounds like, with uh, a $5,000 and $5,000 title fight coming up here in South Carolina. So, well, I'm sure that is where his focus is on. But you never know, man. It'd certainly be one that'd be fun. <laughs> Mark, how much did you pay to watch that fight? I dread that fight, man. <laughs> it's not really a lot of work for me, but uh, yeah, it's a good one, man. It's uh, Robert Hale. He's done nothing to impress me. He's uh, I mean, Charlie. He's a both stud, man. I like them both to win, but that's the way I am about all these fights. Finally, main event of the night, 
biggest heavyweight fight in the area that, that I can remember. Chandler Cole, biggest win of his career. Four minutes, 48 seconds, takes out Aaron Bush, previously undefeated, to win the Vacay and Valor Fights Heavyweight Championship. Tim, how cool would it be Chandler uh, take this belt home, even though I know you try to be as objective as possible? I mean, I'm happy for Chandler because he's a good kid, you know, and, and he's got a lot of skill. Both these guys were good good kids. I, I, I got to talk with Aaron Bush at length over the weekend, and I was really impressed by him as well. You know, he is uh, he's a well-spoken, he's a smart guy. He's, uh, he's a bruiser in there. He's got a hell of a chin. And he's tough as shit. Chandler fought a great fight, you know. Uh, there, he both those guys were slinging so much heat. They were throwing so hard, and uh, you know, Chandler hit him pretty early. I think within the first minute, like really solid, right, like right down the middle, and it was just like thud. And Aaron Bush didn't even blink. He just kept coming forward, and I was like, oh my lord! I was like, these guys. You know, I, at first I thought, like I said earlier in our Q and A, I would have called a maybe potential knockout in the first round before but then when i saw that happen i was like you're gonna go some rounds you know chandler had some takedowns he wasn't ever able really to hold him down off of those takedowns um, but then um chandler threw a kick out um like a like a head kick spinning head kick uh missed and then a couple seconds later aaron threw his own kick so i don't know if it was just like all right you're gonna throw a kick i'm gonna throw a kick but Chandler caught his kick and, and managed to trip him down, collapse on top of him, uh, heavy ground and pound. Um, at, at that point, Aaron Bush gave up his back, and there was just some brutal shots landing. Maybe maybe even a little late stoppage. I went back and watched it. There was like 24, I want to say, um, shots from his back. Just, I mean, like meat hooks just thudding. You know, uh, and uh, we were a little concerned with Bush afterward because, you know, he was a little spacey in the back, and luckily he was okay. But, uh, you know, good performance from both guys. Congrats to Chandler. We're proud of him, and congrats to Aaron on putting up a, a hell of a fight. Mark, how does that one rank in terms of heavyweight fights that you've seen in person before? Oh, that's that's on the top, man. I mean, I'm, I'm such a fan of Chandler Cole anyway. You know, I've – I've worked probably every fight he's ever had except for when he fought Boone Gordon up in Virginia. But um, other than that, I mean, I'm happy to see him doing well. I was concerned with him going into that fight because I felt like his cardio probably wasn't there. That fight goes in the second round, guys. I'm not sure how pretty that shit turns out. But, you know, that's why you don't let it go to the second round. Ain't nobody getting paid by the minute. So I'm glad he got him out of there. But, yeah, Aaron Bush is a tough dude, man. A good team around him, too. Smart guy. Just outstanding human being all around him. In my opinion, he, he is a good dude, and but Chandler definitely put it on him, man. Uh, Tim, are we going to see Aaron Bush back in the Valor Fights cage at some point? I'd like to. I'd like to have him back. He, yeah, I like his style. I think he is probably going to contemplate going to 205 after uh, talking to him the next day. Uh, you know, and maybe even a cruiserweight fight for him would be good, like 225, you know, because, you know, he's a guy that I still think needs to have a little bit of size on him to just really deliver that pop, you know, in his fist. Um, I don't know if he may end up giving up a little bit of speed if he goes all the way to 205. 225 may just be, like, perfect for him, you know. But uh, anyway, yeah, regardless, I, I still think, uh, yeah, we'd love to see him back again. That wraps up the action.
All right. Well, that does it for our recap of Valor Fights 51. It was an epic event. You can check out the footage at Flow Combat here in about uh, three weeks or so. We will have it up on our YouTube page. You can check it out there as well. We'll turn our attention to The Shed coming up August the 17th in Maryville. That's Valor Fights 52. We'll be talking more and more about that. Heck, we might release the whole dang card on here next week. Uh, I think I've pretty much got it ready. I just haven't really announced any of it. Um, and, and also, we'll start talking more and more about the uh, M1 Global USA event going down August the 11th. We appreciate Angel Natal for taking the time to join us uh, this evening and talking about his event. Thanks to Ed Cat, my co-host, and Mark Laws for joining us as well. And thanks to our sponsors, OEB Law. Let them turn your record to a check at recordtoacheck.com. And also, Tennessee Top Roller, now known National Top Roller. They've got an event coming up here in a couple weeks. We will be covering it more in the coming weeks as well. For now, that's it for Valor Hour, Episode 73. I'm Tim Loy signing off. Till next time, see y'all. For more information on upcoming events, visit ValorFights.com or find them at ValorFights on both Facebook and Twitter. This has been the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Beryl on Radio Influence. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd, Quick Fix, on Radio Influence. Misha Tate is completely retired. Selling this. And then she comes back. Look, you could put any fighter's name in here, I'd sell it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Here's my here's my prediction. Misha Tate fights. She's 31, by the way. And they're they're like I, I brought this topic up because there was an article about how she's like gonna do com- competitive grappling or whatever. Dude, she's 31. Misha Tate is gonna headline a UFC show for the featherweight title, and she's gonna take on Kayla Harrison. That's my prediction. I, I think look- I think the better question would be. Misha Tate comes out of retirement to fight in MMA in the next 12 months. Oh, I'm selling that. I feel like that's a little too quick of a turnaround. I mean, I've never had a child. I understand Serena Williams like went to the finals of whatever the tournament that just happened, and she had a kid and stuff, but she's Serena Williams. And we've seen female fighters have children and, and, and fight and stuff. But um, it seemed like to retire and also have a kid – that takes a little bit longer than like 12 months to return. Like it seems like she's just starting the returning process to the, to sporting stuff. Like she's just talking about doing grappling. So I think it's going to take longer than a year. The MMA report with Jason Floyd can be found on iTunes, Stitcher and radioinfluence.com.